Hey, it's Evil Jeff. Just listened to your basic role-playing advertisement, uh, I mean, podcast there. And, uh, you know, always been enamored of the D100 system. I like it. I've read some of it. haven't read a lot of it. Um, but definitely RuneQuest was one of those games I thought about getting into. I've got OpenQuest. So, yeah, it's, it's a quite interesting thing. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, pencil myself in to create a new character, maybe convert Von Ulrich over to something. Quite interesting. You know, it, it dawned on me. Wouldn't it be interesting to see what we could do with uh, your Monster Hunters game that we did in GURPS? Convert that over to BRP. I wonder what Shota would look like. Later. Yes, Jeff. Yes, it would. It would be very cool to play a Monster Hunters game using BRP. And it would be quite interesting to see how Shota transfers across. Although I guess we would have to use the Powers chapter to make that happen. Hi, my name's Cho Webster and this is a Roleplay Rescue bonus episode featuring call-ins on the subject of basic roleplaying or BRP as it's known in the gaming community. So I've got four other callers who have something to say on this subject, and I thought we'll just get into it. Game on. Rescue! Hey Jay, it's Graham from Gaming from the First Age. Thank you so much for dialing 911 and getting basic role-playing. My goodness, you took me back. I was a year after you, so I'm, I'm, I'm years older than you, but I'm a year after you. 81, uh, purplish box, RuneQuest. Yeah, I remember. So, so good. In fact, your uh, podcast uh, made me, forced me to pull off uh, my soft cover gold book of basic role playing. Got it back out again and I've had a good flick. You're right. You're right. It it resonates so, so strongly. Ah, the whiffy dice rolls, the lost left legs, uh, if you're playing uh, with hit locations, of course. I always wanted it to be the case that somehow you'd survive a bit more. You know, the characters were... It was brutal. It was a brutal game. Everyone, you know, please have healing six. Where are you? Where are you? The leg's gone. Again. But it was it was grand. And certainly, certainly when I compare it with the other two games that I was playing, well, certainly AD&D 1E and um, Traveller with a three, RuneQuest sort of kind of won out. And it was my go-to game for so long. You know, poss- the Apex... The apex for me might might be fifth edition Stormbringer or Elric exclamation mark. I really love that iteration, but so much of that is actually in the gold book as well. So fantastic! I'm a big fan of Mithras too. Uh, I wasn't quite clear. Are you kind of are you kind of shelving Mithras having got going with uh, Mister Mir? Because you know it sounded like you got you you were getting into some longish term play with it. Um, so seemed a bit odd that you were switching out of it for admittedly uh, a very similar uh, game i don't know uh, certainly uh, you could get a great game of basic role playing going as well would you do hit locations that's my question to you but yeah thanks a lot i'm rambling it's it's sort of excited burbling about basic role playing i still love it it's still great sometimes the dice rolls you you know i've got a 35% chance oh good and have you still got your left leg oh great but apart from that, yeah, great game. As you may say, game on. 
Thank you, Graham, for kicking us off first age there. And was there a tiny note of sarcasm in there? I wasn't sure. All those comments about crappy die rolls and hit locations. But I better clarify, no, I haven't stopped playing Mithras. The Mr. Mir game is still running on Monday nights. We've just cleared nine sessions, I believe, and planning the 10th in, well, by the time you hear this, probably about a week's time. And yeah, it's a really great game, really enjoying playing Mithras. I'll be honest with you, I've also been reading the latest edition of RuneQuest Glorantha, really going in depth into reading it. And the more I read it, the more I realise how good Mithras is. Not that RuneQuest Glorantha is in any way bad, but just how similar they are in so many ways. The DNA is very, very obvious. So yeah, still playing Mithras. And I think if I was and if I had hand on heart and I was going to play any game system and I play a fantasy game, I would probably choose Mithras. But as Evil Jeff's call intimated right at the start, BRP gives us that little bit more flexibility across genre, which I think is really, really valuable. Oh, and to answer your question, yeah, I quite like hit locations. I probably would use them. Although, obviously, as with all things in a modular game, it probably depends on the particular game and the particular world that you're playing in. Thanks, Graham. Great call in. Speak soon. Hey, Jay, it's Arlen calling in about your episode on basic role-playing. I certainly agree. I think there's a lot to be said for basic role-playing and the D percentile system. Personally, I think my favorite iteration of that system is the Pendragon system, but that has, well, there are a couple of reasons for that. I mean, part of it is just the subject matter. I also personally feel like D20s, I kind of like the way they roll a little better than D10s, Um, but it's basically the same concept. It's just in increments of 5% instead of 1%, but it's roll under your number on a D20 um, and your number is rated, your, your skill number is rated on a 1 to 20 level, that sort of thing. So... Anyway, um, but uh, one of the things I wanted to say about Mithras in particular is that I think Mithras does a really clever thing with the way they use essentially special combat results because what they do, of course, is that if you basically – you get a, a higher level of success. You get to choose a relevant kind of special combat result like, you know, it picking where you hit them or something like that. I think that's really cool because it adds a layer of gameplay that um, often exists in other games, but doesn't get used. Like if you talk about, you know, three, 3.5 era gameplay, you know, they have a lot of rules for like tripping the enemy or shoving the enemy or grappling the enemy. But unless your character is built to do that because you've taken the feats to do that, generally it doesn't make any sense to do that rather than to just, you know, smack them with your sword and do a little bit of HP damage. Even if you don't do much HP damage, still better than doing something weird and unorthodox that you're going to get penalized heavily for. So anyway, my point is that I don't know if that edition is a Mithras specific edition or a RuneQuest 6 edition to the rules. It's possible that it comes from a different era and was just brought into those rules also. Um, But I think it's a pretty clever way to um, make sure that those kind of special results in combat actually get used and like have a meaningful, um, meaningful say on how combats occur and all that sort of stuff. I own the big gold book. 
um, but have not read it in any detail. I sort of skimmed through the first section and then saw that there was all this cool stuff and then put it back on the shelf. Um, one of my players, so I'm putting together a an interwar pulp game, and one of my players suggested BRP with the Astounding Adventure supplement, which I also own. So I may end up having to read the big gold book to see if that would work. And anyway, um, but my, my sort of final comment is I think there's a lot of value in going back to things that we remember and started with and all of that sort of stuff because memory can be treacherous. Um, and what I mean is that um, sometimes you kind of over-remember and sometimes you under-remember and sometimes you remember things sort of a, a twisted version of things. But I think there's a lot of value, especially with gaming, of going back to something that was meaningful to you and kind of trying to re-experience it. And so I'm really glad that you're um, focusing on your kind of experience of RuneQuest 2 and thinking about how to create that particular um, mode of world exploration as an adult, because I think that's something really cool. Thank you, Arlen. Arlen Walker there from live from Pelham's Wasteland with a great bundle of stuff. I just think there's so much to unpack there. So let's start at the end. Thank you for the you know thumbs up on me going back and looking at RuneQuest 2. And you're right, it led me down this path. I had a conversation with Shandy Andy, who pre-pandemic I used to game with on a Friday night regularly. And we've been talking about getting back to face-to-face -to -face gaming. And my conversations around and my explorations around RuneQuest 2 and basic role-playing have led to conversations with Shandy Andy about RuneQuest Glorantha and playing more in Glorantha. So one of the elements of this is going and visiting the world of Glorantha itself is sort of beginning to find shape. But the other side of it, as I alluded to with Mistamir and with Mithras is discovering just how rich the newer rule systems are, but also what elements I can pull out of my original experience of RuneQuest 2. And it is, as you've sort of suggested, a really exciting and interesting uh, thing to have done. I wanted to talk about Mithras a little bit. You mentioned the special effects in combat, which I think are definitive and key element of what makes Mithras really exciting for me adds an element of bone crunch if I can use your term there Arlen to combat so the way that works essentially is that when you make an attack against an opponent they can try and parry or evade your attempt and depending on how those relative results come out you get to pick special effects so for example if I fail at my parry roll and you succeed with your attack you get to pick one special effect and if you do even better so you crit you pick more special effects which is really really cool in a recent game in Mistamir using Mithras Classy Fantasy the player characters discovered just how scary that can be when they face some goblins and those goblins chose to use the impale special effect with arrows and with spears and that reminded me of the other point you made about where this comes from I think that these special effects have their root in RuneQuest. RuneQuest 2 certainly has rules for impaling if you get you know, good enough success, if you crit. And I think from there, over the years, this sort of set of rules and ideas has developed. Now, Mithras specifically packages that in a particular way that I haven't seen anywhere else. And so I therefore highly recommend taking a look at it if this is of interest to the listener. 
But yeah, it is a really nifty part of the game and something that really warms me to it, really um, endears me to it. Anyway, thank you so much, Arlen, for the call. Brilliant also to hear you thinking about looking at BRP gold book for that pulp game. Game on, man. Aloha, Che. It's Brian. I decided I would finally send you a voice message via email to try to save you some of the trouble of stitching these together. So I had a few comments and a few thoughts about your episode 911 basic role playing, your 911 call back to basic role playing, if you will. And to be honest, this is a system I was not familiar with. Just had never really gotten into any of the Chaosium games. So, you know, back when I was younger, I remember hearing about RuneQuest and then ElfQuest. And I think because I was a little bit familiar, vaguely familiar with the uh, graphic novels. And so, you know, younger me and getting into middle school and on had this idea of there was a RuneQuest, there was an ElfQuest, and even Cthulhu, I don't think I really knew about that until maybe even college. Never looked at it. Not not sure why. Maybe I just didn't know if the appeal of that type of game would be for me. Um, was not necessarily a, a Lovecraft fan. I, I had actually seen some of the depending on your take, good or bad movies. <laughs> they're, fair, they're fairly bad. They're, they're bizarre. But I do remember watching a couple of those in high school, uh, you know, sort of the 80s, I guess, what, Reanimator, From Beyond, From Beyond was a, a particular cult favorite, not because it was great, just because it was so bizarre. But anyway, recently, through just listening to you talk about mainly kind of RuneQuest, Mithras, and then, you know, hearing a few others talk about Cthulhu and some of the podcasts and things I've been into, started just to take a look at this in general with Cthulhu, the seventh edition starter set, and then actually picked up Mithrasa recently during one of the Humble Bundles, because that's, that's what you tend to do when you're of a certain age, have been out of the gaming, and then end up with not a lot of time to game, but you can snap up things quickly on the internet <laughs> with disposable income. And I have to say, the overall system, reading it in Cthulhu and then, and then Mithras, I'm in agreement with you that just the percentile-based system to me is very intuitive and makes things very streamlined. You can make it more complex. You can staple pieces on. But it's easy to explain. And especially now with more people familiar with, I mean, obviously the big one, D&D, you know, and, and different dice. You know, we've kind of, I think, beyond even with some board games, there are plenty of examples of... of of dice other than d6s but explaining this to someone even if they are familiar with role-playing or games it makes more sense when you talk about a certain percentage of your skill and you can even you know as you kind of commented i think you can you can scale it up or down you know you don't have to go granular you can go kind of one out of ten uh you can go into fives as, as they talk about with some of the i believe with some of the you know the skills you know when you kind of get into as you said you know kind of halving it for for different modifications and it sparks in me and maybe this is why I, I guess I feel that it is it's it's kind of in alignment is it makes me think back to Star Frontiers and the the kind of mid-80s TSR line Marvel and Top Secret where a lot of them were coming out as percentile based you know D100 to me it always made so much sense and it made it a little bit more streamlined playing those games and I'm not sure I kind of recognize that, but I think there is something in the this system. 
And so I think it's great hearing you talk about it. And I don't know if it's just, <laughs> you know, the, the, the endless, and again, this kind of gets back to now trying to get back into it, discovering lots of new things, feeling that you want to try something else always, you know, that scanning nature that I'm looking at this, looking at Cthulhu, but I think there is something there. And in listening to, in particular, I think the uh, the guys at the Grognard file, which I, I actually also learned just recently that it's the origin of the word Grognard uh, from the French for old soldier, apparently. So Grognier, my French is awful, but uh, I guess we have to change how we talk about it. Anyway, um, I'm very interested to hear more about it and you're kind of you're, you're, you're taking your journey, you know, in, in your way, I guess, back to that. But for some of us coming along and especially interested in that, now that there have been a few versions of the rune quest, I, the one that I've got my hands on is, is Mithra. So obviously the rune quest, you know, name IP in a sense has gone back to Chaosium. So it's not Glorantha per se. So that's what I'm starting with, but it doesn't exclude me from looking at others and, uh, it's a topic I'm interested in, and I need to get myself maybe into some games. Cheers. First of all, thank you, Brian F- Brian there from Have to Look That Up podcast. And I guess it's not a lot to say because you've sort of said so much about why I like to talk about games and why I like to talk about some of the stuff from the past. I think for us of a certain age and of a certain experience in gaming, it is, as Arlen alluded to earlier, really good for us to revisit things and perhaps even in your case, experience new things. And so I'm really pleased that it sort of resonated with you and got you looking. And, uh, you know, Mithras is a very fine place to go. It, it's a great game, as I, as I mentioned earlier in this show. I think that the thing that gets me most about the BRP system, apart from its intuitiveness, is also the fact that it is so incredibly flexible. And I feel as though there are so many games. You mentioned Call of Cthulhu. We've had Stormbringer mentioned, you know. And like you said, it's just great to be able to explore those different games, knowing that the mechanisms behind them are broadly similar. I, I really enjoy that about the BRP kind of whole offering. Thanks, Brian. I hope that you enjoy, you know, your delve into the BRP range. And, you know, have to let us know how it goes on your own podcast. Great stuff. And now it's time for the last call, which, of course, is Jason Connolly from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. H.A. Jason here. You left off BRP's biggest advantage. It's not GURPS. I kid, I kid, kind of. So it doesn't have the stigma GURPS has. Now, does GURPS have the stigma unfairly? I would say yes. But that said, BRP does not have that stigma, and I think more people are open if you... If you say, I want to run a game BRP, more people will be open to that than they would be to GURPS, whether that's fair to GURPS or not. BRP is very easy to grok. There's no question about it. I think that's a huge part of Call of Cthulhu's success, is that the underlying system is simple enough to introduce new people to, and they don't really have to think about it a whole lot. So, yeah, BRP has a lot of selling points to it. I really like it. I've got the gold book. I've got a bunch of BRP stuff. Um... I don't think it handles superhero games very well. I wouldn't do the Justice League in BRP, but I think BRP is a really great system. I think that your assessment of Mithras is accurate. It's a great system, but I think Mithras is daunting to people. I think they see it, and some people get turned off by it, where BRP doesn't do that. Um, 
And I think for the kind of world I, I believe you want to run, that I get the impression of your, your portal jumping world and all that BRP is probably just as effective as GURPS in there where BRP is more approachable. Now, like you say, there is a lot, you have to do building and all, but there's tons of books out there for BRP of different worlds that are pretty interchangeable. Not So BRP as a universal system isn't quite as interchangeable as, say, GURPS is, but, it, but it's pretty good. So all in all, great episode. I, you know, I picked up OpenQuest 3 as well, and I, I have to admit I haven't cracked it open yet. I need to take a look at it, see, see what it's like. But really enjoyed the episode. Keep up the great work. And as ever, Jason delivers with some interesting comments. Thank you, man. Great to hear from you. And yeah, I guess a comparison with GURPS is interesting. GURPS is designed as a generic universal role-playing system. The clue's in the name. BRP, I guess, has arisen out of RuneQuest. And then, oh, we could use the system for other things. And what has been really really insightful of the Chaosium way back in the sort of 1979-1980 was to see that possibility and to pull basic role-playing out the rules of that, the basics of that, out of the rulebook and produce that little booklet they did uh, which came in the box set that, along with my copy of RuneQuest 2 all those years ago. And I think that was a really prescient thing and obviously predates GURPS by five, six years. Really interesting I can't comment on superhero stuff because whether this is heretical or not, I really don't like superheroes. I'm not interested particularly in superhero gaming. But I have heard that same accusation made of other game systems, including GURPS. So I always take that with a pinch of salt. Other than that, yeah, I think you're right. Approachability and the illusion of ease is kind of more important than whether something is actually easier than something else. I honestly think GURPS is a pretty straightforward game. But of course, unfortunately, for whatever reason maybe multiple reasons, people have got it in their heads that it isn't. And BRP just hasn't got that baggage. So great shout on that one. And that pretty much wraps up this episode. So big thank you to all the callers. Big thank you to Evil Jeff, Graham, First Age, Arlen, Brian, and Jason. Yeah, I think that's everybody. So I hope you're well. Keep yourself safe. And I'll catch you on the flip side. My name is Che Webster and this is a Roleplay Rescue bonus call-in episode on basic roleplaying. I hope you enjoyed it. Game on. (laughs) 